Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. Got power? My name is Pastor Adam Bigelow. We are in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Let's ask God's blessing. God bless this time of learning as we look at the mystery and the revelation of your work in the church. In Jesus' name, amen. A pastor was visiting the homes of his parishioners. In one house, it seemed obvious that someone was at home. You know what that, how that goes. But no answer came at his repeated knocks at the door. Therefore, he took out his church card and he wrote Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 on the back of the card and stuck it in the door. When the offering was processed the following Sunday, he found that his card that he had placed in the door had been returned in the offering plate. Added to it was this cryptic message. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Reaching for his Bible to check out the citation, he broke up in gales of laughter. Well, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 begins like this. Behold. I stand at the door and knock. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10 reads like this. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. Have you ever had something revealed to you that was kind of right in front of you the whole time? Like this guy said, I woke up this morning and I wondered where the sun would rise in the sky. And then it dawned on me. Ephesians chapter 3 is a revelation of your standing in God and an exhortation to grow in God. You see, you can't grow into God, but you can grow in God. God wants you to find your place in the mystery. Find your place in the mystery. Have you ever been to a pro football game? Pretty exciting, huh? I actually haven't been to an actual pro football game. Have not. Well, have you played in a pro football game now odds are less people will say yes to this one unless i'm speaking to a bunch of nfl players on the podcast you never know well i haven't either i haven't played pro football but i did watch a pro scrimmage by the jacksonville jaguars maybe 15 years ago and you were right on the field at eye level and it was pretty it was it was it was actually pretty neat well there's a real difference between being a spectator watching an NFL game, and being a player, playing an NFL game. You know, there's a lot of people who have watched Christianity. They've attended church. They've listened to a preacher. But God wants to reveal to us that his mystery for the church is not for us just to watch or listen to a podcast, right? Or watch a church service or attend a church service to watch life go by but to be a part of it, to find your place in the mystery. So let's do that. Let's open up the mystery of the church and let's grow in our place in the church of God. God has a place for you in his work. Isn't that awesome to know? A place on the team. So verses 1 to 13, we're going to look at Paul's stewardship of the gospel, this mystery given to Paul. Verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, and again he, was writ- he wrote this epistle in prison in Rome, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, 
how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. You know, the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard nor hath entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. God does reveal these things to us. Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. This was a big deal, that non-Jews would be fellow heirs or joint heirs with Christ. That means a joint heir is someone that receives the same inheritance. And the Gentiles weren't seen that way. This, this particular part of the mystery, it wasn't that clear to the prophets in other generations. You know, you can have all the pieces there, but not really understand it. So, like, uh, this guy said, every day I wake up and I open my front door and find that someone has dumped a pile of Legos on my front porch, and I just don't know what to make of it. Well, the prophets were like that. They didn't know what to make of it. All of these things, these Lego pieces, if you please, they were in the Old Testament. Jesus has Gentile DNA. Uh, Ruth uh, is in his genealogy. It's like, if you read Matthew chapter 1, it's like Ancestry.com, 23andMe about Jesus, right? So Jesus had Gentile DNA from Ruth. She was from Moab. She wasn't from she wasn't a Jewess. And Rahab wasn't a Jewess. She was from Jericho. Well, there's more Legos, right? But they didn't know what to make of it. The prophets of Israel generally prophesied to Israel. To Judah and to Samaria, the kingdoms of Israel. But but they wouldn't really if they prophesied to another nation, they would prophesy against that nation, right? They wouldn't go to another nation generally and prophesy to that nation for their good. But Jonah did, or he was told to. But he was amazed. He's like, God, you want me to go to another nation, Assyria, the enemy of Israel, march through their capital, which was Nineveh, which is modern day, on the outskirts of modern day Mosul, Iraq, and tell the enemy how to repent and to avoid the judgment of God? And God's like, yeah, I want to do that. He's like, I'd rather be uh, thrown into the water. And well, God uh, added it to that and had him swallowed by a whale. And there's a whole book. You can check out uh, the book of Jonah. But it was an amazing thing to him that that revelation hadn't been revealed. But there's so many Lego pieces, and you can go check them out. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 21, and it goes back as a reference to Isaiah chapter 42. Speaking of Christ, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. In Psalms chapter 2 and verse 8, the father asking the son, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth 
for thy possession. It says, uh, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be ye saved. That includes the Gentiles, the ends of the earth. But this revelation wasn't something that was aware, people were aware of. It was a mystery. The, ver- the verse 7 says, Whereof I was made a minister, Paul says this, According to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. How effective was it? Verse 8, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. There's a group called the Collingsworth family, and they sing a song. God can do anything with anything. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, Paul says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly ignorantly in unbelief. Paul hated Christians, and yet God made him arguably the greatest preacher that's ever walked this earth in shoe leather, besides Jesus Christ. But God can do amazing things with people. He can change us and make us new creatures in Christ, make the old things pass away and make us a new creature, not rehabbed, but like revolutionized, regenerated in Christ. And the purpose in verse 9, and to make all men see, God made a new creature to make us see the mystery of Christ. He used a, a man that he had done a miracle in, and God wants to do a miracle in you so that others can see the miracles of Christ in the word of God through you the living message of Christ yes I'm talking to you you know so not me preacher yes you and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ have you ever had something right in front of you but you didn't see it You were looking for your car keys. They were in the door of the car or in the front door of your house. I've done both of those, right? (laughs) Or in the trunk. (laughs) Looking for that pen. It's tucked behind your ear. But it was hiding in plain sight. The manifold wisdom of God. What is the word manifold? It means the diverse, multifaceted, coming from different places, various, the manifold wisdom of God. To the intent now, verse 10, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, what was that? Making one new body, the church of the Jews and Gentiles. That was the mystery. It was a big deal. Peter had to have a revelation in the book of Acts. It wasn't something that was aware that people were aware of and they were the disciples of Christ. But there was a mystery. The mystery is God accepts all men who have faith in Jesus Christ. All women who have a faith in Jesus Christ. Sinners are made new in Christ and made part of his church. And in verse 12 it says, In whom we have boldness and access 
with confidence by the faith of him. I like this. There's three blessings of Christ in verse 12. The first one is we have boldness of speech in prayer. Philippians says in chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With your thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God has an answer for you. And, and also, the second thing, we have access with confident assurance of an answer. That way, we, as Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, we can look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then it says, the last thing about verse 12, it says, by the faith of him. We have the faith of Christ, not just in Christ. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. Man, God's faith. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 13 Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. Paul was showing them God has a reason in all of these things. And don't worry about me. God's going to take care of me. Result, that confidence in God will get us not to faint in Christ. Verses 14 to 21, we have the prayer of Paul. Verse 14, for this cause, make the making known of the mystery of the church that God had a plan. Even though Paul was in prison at the time, he said, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's not praying for himself. He's praying for us, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Notice, verse 16, that he would grant you, me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Isn't that that something? When you can grow in God to where you're not just praying that God would keep you, but you begin to pray for others. You begin to trust God to meet the needs of others. But my God shall supply all your need. Notice, not my need, your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, God's got a bucket of blessings for you, and if you take the bucket of blessings, it's not going to diminish the power and the blessings and the reserve that God has in Christ Jesus in glory. I have a friend. I live near a beach, okay, near the ocean in Jacksonville, Florida area, and my neighbor makes sea salt. So he goes to the ocean and gets buckets of water somewhere, right? And he takes them home and somehow dehydrates the salt from the water. I don't know how exactly how he does it. He does it. I don't do it. And he gave me this, this little vial of custom-made sea salt, and he added habanero pepper to it, and it's amazing. Well, here's my, here's my point. Well, preacher, he's going to use up the ocean. No, he's not. You could take a million buckets of water out of the ocean and you could not discern the water level going down one bit. Although he's probably not going to take a million buckets. He could do a lot of business with less than that. My point is with God, Christian, friend, you can take a million buckets of blessings from God. You're not going to make his blessing level go down at all. God's going to take care of you. God's got enough for you. 
and me and the uttermost parts of the world. God has enough in Jesus. It won't make his blessing level go down. Get your bucket of blessings. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, I like this, two things, being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted. You know, trees just don't grow up. They grow down. They put down roots under the ground. And that root system acts as an anchor and as a means of nourishment. They get their nourishment. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is that the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now notice, and he shall be like a tree, or she shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. You know, people can grow in ways you cannot immediately see. Say, preacher, I came to church. I haven't seen a difference. Well, God's making a difference inside of you. You're growing in persistence. Maybe, say, preacher, but this relationship isn't changing. Maybe you're growing in ways you don't see. Maybe you're growing under the ground. Maybe you're growing in patience. I told one person, you're mastering the art of showing up. Well, I don't see any difference yet. I do. You're getting rooted, but also grounded. That's the foundation for a building. We're growing up in love, in the love of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44, he said, you, you heard it's been said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. We're building on a, on a foundation of love and not hate. Hate your enemies, says the world. Love your enemies, says the Lord. We're grounded in love. That's my foundation. It's how you build a marriage. It's how you build a relationship with your children. It's how you build a relationship at work. It's how you build a relationship in a country. Love. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 14, it's awesome. Let all your things be done with charity. You know what that means? Do everything in love. Why? Because love is just more. It takes God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we read that love is more. Verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, which is also love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Love is more than we can say. Verse 2, and I have, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Love is more than we have. And verse 3, and though I could though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have give my body to be burned, and have not love or charity. It profiteth me nothing. Love is more than we can give. You see, in verse 18, we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I like this illustration. I think Reverend Johnson shared it some years ago. And I'm going to butcher it. So, Reverend Johnson, if you hear this, 
It was something like this. This, this, this grandson went to his granddad. He said, Grandpa, how, how big is God's love? And the grandpa said, God's, God's love is as big as the West is West. And he pointed to the West. And the little boy said, wow. And as big as the East is East. And the little boy says, wow. And it goes as far as the North is North. And the little boy says, wow. And he pointed down, he said, and as far as the South is South. God's love goes as far as the East and the West and the North and the South. And the little boy, like a light bulb, came on. He, he tugged his grandpa's pant leg and he said, Grandpa, Grandpa, we're standing right in the middle of God's love. You know, that's how big God's love is. That we might be filled with all the fullness of God. I like to fill my car up with gas. In fact, I like my gas tank full. I just like it full. Like, if it's a quarter empty, I like it full. Preacher, that's obsessive compulsive. It may be, but let me tell you what the gas tank is. Full. <laughs> and I like to make it so full. I like to, and you might not supposed to be do this. I don't care. I do it anyway. When it cuts off, I go tick, 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 and I put a little bit more in there. And when I turn my car on, the gauge reads past the F. It's like over full, right? The, in, in his presence is fullness of joy that we're written and told in 1 John that he writes that letter that our joy may be full. But you know what? More than full. That's what God wants to do. And in verse 20 and 21, we're going to end with this. Now unto him. Let me reveal something to you tonight. You want a revelation? You're not supposed to be a spectator. You're supposed to be a player. Put the armor of God on. Go play. And that's what we're going to deal with the last three chapters in Ephesians. Now unto him who Christ, through him, that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen that is the mystery revealed to be part of the church become a part be a part of the body of Christ through the power of Christ and go forward in that power, in Christ's name. Hey, God bless you is our prayer. Hope to see you in church. Drive up service this Sunday, 9 a.m. God bless you is our prayer. Amen.